so Nistler and Haas both have invitations on qualifying teams. Mm-hmm. So give meaning that they're qualifying teams for Rich's competition. Right. So should they decide that they want to do that team competition, if one of them decides to do that, then I think Katrin, Katrin is up next. The, yep. And then if both decide, then Amanda gets Amanda Barnhart gets invite. the open invite, which gives Emily Rolfe and I like Emily Rolfe the the lot. invite from Wadapalooza. So there are a couple of things that could happen there, depending on that team competition. Our aim is to reach health and fitness enthusiasts alike by communicating the lifestyle choices necessary for igniting, life changing, and ongoing human development. This is the Development Project. Welcome back to another exciting episode of The Development Project. Today, we are going to talk CrossFit Games 2020. What's up, Tristan? How are you doing, Caden? I'm excited for this one. This is something a little bit different. I feel like we've been given a lot of information out there. This one's just kind of fun to look up athletes, um, talk about the new the new things that we can be expecting with all the things going on right now. Um, and quite frankly, really the only sport that's going out on a limb and trying to actually have a season or Do continue something. their season. So I think this is just fun for, for a lot of people, whether they're into the CrossFit Games or not. It gives them something to have this season. Yeah. So If you're not into the CrossFit Games, you might as well watch it. Yeah. Sports, you know. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about what is well, what was the structure for the CrossFit Games last year and how is it going to be different this year? Okay, so the 2019 CrossFit Games structure – for the most part, it, first of all, it was in Madison, Wisconsin. And uh, just with all the things that are going on there, arenas, uh, they have a football team, college, you know, a bigger but yet smaller city. Uh, it's just a little bit tougher to have that many athletes come into that area. So just to avoid all that, uh, they're moving. But basically, we last year we saw the first change. So we went from 40, 45 male, 40, 45 female athletes up to 148 males got invited and 134 females got invited. And that was for your 18 to 34, uh, basically your individual competition. And then we had our age groups. So you had your 14 and 15 age group, 16 and 17, and then all your master's categories, basically from 35 up. And that's every five years, basically. Uh, and then obviously teams, which for a few years now, we've gone to teams of four, two male, two female. And we saw 14 teams make it last year because they didn't make it through sanctionals. They didn't make it through the games or uh, the open. They only made it through sanctionals. And at that time, that's the only sanctionals we had last year were 14. This year, we were supposed to have 27, 28. Mm-hmm. And obviously, a lot of those got cut short. So yeah. that was our 2019 structure. And then now we're moving on to Aromas, uh, just a one-year hiatus type of thing, I guess. Uh, going back to the ranch where it all began. Uh, this is Dave Castro's family, from what I understand. So it's a private, private place, so they can do a lot more things that they couldn't do in Madison. Uh, what I like about this personally is, like we already said, <laughs> they're trying to go out on a limb and give some, give us something. Uh, secondly, it's just kind of nostalgia. It's history. It's fun to to see these athletes in 2020 go back to where it all began. So just a little bit of history I put down. You had your, your seven, eight, and nine games there. For our 10-year anniversary, 16.5, the Open, uh, they had that there with Rich and Matt and Ben. 
Uh, it's pretty exciting. Terrible workout. <laughs> they should have chose something else, but it was still the idea was really, really cool. And then athletes probably should have known that something else was coming because they get to the games that year and they get handed a plane ticket and said, we're leaving at this time. We're not telling you where, where we're going. And what do you know? Events one, two, and three of the 2016 games were at the ranch. Yeah. So I think that's something cool to talk about today based on even those three events that we saw that year, which I think you did a little bit of research on that. I think that that will be very telling as to what we could see. And granted, I understand it's three events. We generally see anywhere from 14 to 16 events at the CrossFit Games. Mm -hmm. So there's still a lot of stuff you know, that they could do there. But I think that that's really cool. That's really interesting to think about. Uh, but go ahead and tell us about the new structure for this year. Yeah. And it's, so it's, what's funny is that last year was a new structure too. <laughs> yeah. And so what will 21 all of, be? All of a sudden yeah. it's brand new again. So like yeah. you said, I mean, it used to be a pretty, I mean, pretty easy process. You'd have regionals, you got funneled into the, the games based on regionals and out of the open and all that kind of stuff. And then it was just a certain number of athletes. And then last year they were like, all right, cool. So we're going to do away with regionals. We're going to create sanctional competitions, but we're also going to have you qualify through the open, which is going to be in the middle of the sanctional season. And if you are a national champion through the open, you get an invite as well. So yeah, yeah. lots of athletes. Then we had to see cuts, which we hadn't seen in a while. They, it's not a new idea, but we had to see lots of cuts to whittle those athletes down until we got to, you know, conceivably the fittest that were were there so they were going to improve on that i think for this coming season and they were going to change you know at least the first three events to make that process better for some of the the athletes that weren't as great but give them more time to compete mm -hmm. and it was going to be like an every second counts sort of structure so all of your first three events were going to be accumulated into, into one time and that's how they were going to going to work through it but now that we have a smaller pool of athletes we have a smaller venue no spectators the structure is different so the, we have 30 male and 30 female athletes the top 20 for, for from that 30 are from the open placement and then the next 10 were sanctional winners and there was a backfill process and there were some other athletes that didn't it were either pulled out, gave up spots. So it's, it's still a shuffling board to see who we're actually going to see in the fall when it comes around. But it's definitely a new structure, and it's going to be interesting to see how they work. Are out. we going to see Rich running? Oh, uh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. 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 <laughs> he, he, had, he had hinted at it when he, when he said that he's absolutely not coming back. <laughs> so you're saying there's so a chance. saying there's a chance. <laughs> no I, chance at all. You know, I do like that, what you said. Because here's the good and the bad about this is, if you look at all other sports, all athletes know exactly what to expect. They know what their playoff structure is. They know how many games they're going to play in a season. It's it's kind of distasteful in a way because they know when to work hard, not work hard. They know when they can loaf, not loaf. So from that perspective, I don't like that for these athletes. Like I, I highly respect them because <laughs> they're going into back-to-back -back years, as you said, not knowing what to expect. And in a sport where your sport is strength and conditioning in a roundabout way, that is so hard on the body to know when your peaks need to be, when they need to come back down. But I'll say this, that's actually what I love about this because that's what CrossFit is. It's about the unknowable and 
this is like the unknowable times 10. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's really going to be fascinating. I think this is actually going to be the year that we will never forget. Like I do look back on a lot of these years and even though I do like statistics and I've watched every single one, I mean, there are some that are fuzzy to me. I can't remember exactly what happened. I don't think that's going to be this year. I yeah. think I will always remember. We, we all will probably to some degree this year. It'll be so unique. Right. Yeah. And I think because of the, the way that athletes are qualifying for the games this year, some could argue that maybe we're not necessarily seeing the fittest group of athletes together. But I would argue that a lot of the people that you see in the table and and what we went based our information off of today was a morning chalk up article that was released on May 9th. So it may be old, it may be different, could have changed. But based on what we read, I mean, looking at the table, most of the people that you would expect to be in the top 30. We're talking are there. about 85 to 90 percent of games athletes that go year after year. They made it. And yeah. here's why I disagree with that as well is because unless people from other countries have to decline, then I would argue that maybe the top 30 fittest. But I mean, again, I'm a huge statistics person. And just based on statistics, we have the lowest amount percentage wise of rookie athletes coming this year, Mm -hmm. which tells me that's a lot of veterans. Yeah. So I disagree. Yeah. Yeah. And there are some, and I think too, you know, if, if you're a smart athlete, I mean, especially this year, the open finally came first. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't try in the open and we're banking on just trying to win a sanctional event, I'm sorry, but that's just poor planning. You should you should try to do as well as you can the very first thing that there is so that you leave no doubt in your minds that you're going to be at the games come the end. So our, our best people, I mean, we look at the open, you know, Matt Fraser, he's the fittest on earth. He He's up there. He didn't yeah. win, but he, he definitely made it. So let's look at this from the other perspective perspective because I, I I agree with your perspective but here's another one because this is one of our biggest storylines as Katrin David's daughter has technically not made the games yet not to say she didn't try to make it in the mm-hmm. open uh, she's one spot out and again we're going to get into that here in a second but here's what's interesting she was signed up for two sanctionals and pulled out granted she wasn't feeling well it was injury her back lit up on I think one was Dubai I know that one was specifically her back blew up but had she done any sanctionals this year and gotten first place, she would be going to the games right now. And it's because she made it through the open that she was like, ah, I'm good. You know, and again, nothing to her. I know that they were specifically injury related reasons, but I have heard people ask people like, why why are you doing a sanctional? You've already made it through the open. And a lot of the answers are normally like, hey, I just want to see where I stack up against other people. It's funny. I never hear anybody say this, but it's like, uh, because I can make a really big paycheck. Yeah. (laughs) Why would I not do a sanctional? Well, here's the thing, too. I guess since you mentioned it before the pandemic ruined everything, it was the top 30 from the open, wasn't it? Yeah. So she so she did make it because she was 23rd. Yeah. So I guess I retract my statement a little bit because it's like for those athletes that were at least in the top 30. They already they, thought that they, they were knew going. they were going yeah. to the games. And then, you know, for things to shift and it's like, all right, 10 of you, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, there were some there were some small, you know, hiccups. One one of the girls is out on drug um, charges and she's waiting an appeal Elena process. Mm-hmm. And then Annie Thor's daughter got second in the open and she's having a baby, so she so she's pulled out. So that helps to to helps catch in a little bit. So for she sure. was three out, now she's just one out. 
and, and we that's have because two athletes correct that are still waiting to see if they're going team yep. or not. Brooke Haas and Andrea Nisler right. have the potential to go teams. And and with that thought, there are no team competitions this year with the CrossFit Games. So almost twenty, no longer than twenty four hours after they announced <laughs> no teams going to the CrossFit Games. Rich Froning, the GOAT, is like, all right, I'll put on my own team this competition. This is why Rich Froning, like, I get a lot of people argue, like, no, nah, Matt Frazier has already done way more impressive. Thing. This is why Rich is the GOAT. Because, first of all, I'm sorry, but anyone to do it first, you get my respect. Yeah. Secondly, I don't see Matt Frazier being able to put on a team event like this. Like, I mean, the things that Rich does outside of just being an athlete is amazing. Yeah. Like, he... He literally put Cookville on the map. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew or probably knows what Cookville, Tennessee really is until Rich made it popular. If I if I were Rich, I would ask Tennessee Tech, like, <laughs> you owe me money because you would not have kids going to this college if it wasn't for me. Right. I mean, Haley Adams, she goes to Tennessee Tech just so she can stay home and train with Rich. I love it in their videos when she's like... Oh yeah, I really like Tennessee Tech for these reasons, and it's like, honey, no, you don't. No, you don't. Like, you just want to stay home and train yeah, with you just, Rich. You just want to train in Rich's barn. Yeah, and I don't blame her. I do I, the no, same I thing. Don't either. I'm not trying to. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure Tennessee Tech is great. No offense, to anyone that works there. <laughs> yeah, but hey, Rich Froning is a big. They're purple. They are purple. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Purple and gold. That's yeah. Purple both, and yellow. Both That's Vikings my, my double yellows. Yeah. Yeah, so th- there were nine teams that won sanctionals for for the teams then. And so what Rich is doing, I guess, is he's holding an online competition and he's going to qualify three more three teams more. Mm-hmm. to compete at Mayhem Madness, which he doesn't have. They don't have any dates for that yet. But And I, and I, have, I have seen in some videos of him stating that from a programming side of things, they are looking at old regionals and games events so that it's nothing that he programs for the event, which is completely fair. They're already programmed events from Dave Castro, and they're just modifying them to give them more of a modern twist or to make them a little bit more difficult. But I think that's a cool way to quickly put together a team competition. Again, whether it's him making that decision or people around him, again, it just goes to show his professionalism. I I think that that's the best thing you could possibly do because he, he straights up, he goes, I don't trust anybody mm-hmm. to program these. Basically, hey, I, prog- I trust myself. I trust Dave. Dave's not going to do it. And it wouldn't be fair if I did it. So I'm just going to take things that Dave has already programmed and mm-hmm. no one can argue them. Yeah. And I think that that's great. And we'll, we'll see. But this not being a true games, it will just be interesting. Will Rich let people know the workouts ahead of time? Um, will you know 25% of them, like the games, and then you'll find out as you get there kind of what the others are? Rich is classic, and so I, that's what I would guess. He'd probably give you two or three, and then you're going to find out as you get there. Yeah, and I bet he has people that are actually going to be selecting those events so that he doesn't know about them ahead of time mm-hmm. that would be my assumption yeah and let's not forget he already has a second team that's qualified for this so i mean two of the 12 teams there are going to be mayhem teams yeah so i don't know how he's going to do it i don't know if there will ever be true proof but like i, I do get the feeling he will pro- he will try to be as fair as he possibly can mm-hmm. i mean at the end of the day i hate to say it like this but he's doing you a favor you get to actually come and still have fun and perform, compete, and and do things you know that you weren't 
weren't else gonna, you weren't going to be allowed to do otherwise. So yeah, which and what's cool too is that this may turn into something that he decides he wants to do every year, and so now it's like a big team competition. Let's talk about one other ironic thing. Of all the sanctionals this year, what was the one sanctional that didn't have a team event? Was it was it, it was Mayhem, Mayhem Classic? Yeah. That's so crazy to me. So he didn't have a team event, and now he's going to be the only one who's putting on a team event. He's just and basically <laughs> taking it and splitting it into two. He's just he's just. I'm bragging. gonna have I'm gonna have one individual event, make it really freaking good. Then I'm gonna have just a team competition and make that really freaking good. And everyone's going to watch online. He couldn't have planned this any it's, better. It's amazing. Yeah. That on top of his new coffee shop, he's just entrepreneur of the year. He is. I he love really it. Is. And he's a cool guy too. All right. So we have no official dates for the games. We have no, no. official dates for the teams. I know there's a few age group qualifiers. Um, I think there's one going on in either Michigan or Wisconsin. I've heard a few other rumblings about Ben Bergeron possibly doing one, but I don't think that we have a lot of specifics on those. But it does sound like every single age group, team, and individual, we, we will have something this year, which I think is a lot to kind of clap and brag about on our sport, mm-hmm. uh, the fact that people are going out of their way to make sure those things happen. So moving on. We are going to jump into kind of our games analysis of the things that we're kind of looking forward to, what to expect. So for our first one, Caden, we'll let you kick it off. Who is your most intriguing male and female athlete and why? Okay. So my most intriguing male athlete is Jacob Hepner. Uh, he placed seventh in 2016, which is the last time that we had events at the ranch. He missed two years of the games due to the, the first one, I think, was the open injury. standard. Oh, no, it was the, the injury, injury first. Uh, yeah. Knee bursitis. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it was the knee that, that that pulled him out. And then the next year, them dang short forward arms. <laughs> short <got> forearms. <laughs> <laughs> that dumb, that dumb standard. In the, yeah. I'm going to say it's dumb because I had the same issue. But yep. like we had to measure your elbow to your wrist for forearm for the handstand mm-hmm. push-up thing. So he he basically missed out on, on the open because that was still a regional process. So... He didn't win through the open, didn't get to go to regionals. So he was out for two years, but then made it in 2019 and then got sixth. So in his two previous games appearances, seventh and sixth. And uh, I think he just, the way he trains, the type of environment that he puts himself in, you know, working out there in Kansas, I think that translates really well into to that, that aromas environment as well. So I think he's got huge potential. I can vouch working out in Kansas mm-hmm. for sure. My fellow Kansan. I like that. He's actually my favorite. Jacob is my favorite athlete mm-hmm. now that Rich is technically individually retired uh, for a lot of reasons. I love his values. He is from Kansas, but he's just a fun, awesome dude. I, I, I like him a lot. So, okay, that's yeah. your male. Who's your female? Female is Haley Adams. So she finished sixth in 2019 and won Rookie of the Year. She was 19 years old, I think, at the time that she that she was in the game. So really, really young. She is not the strongest athlete. We we saw that in the clean event in the games last year. She I don't think she even made it past the first barbell. So she, hopefully in this past year, that's something that she's been able to work on. But I'm excited to see, you know, at the ranch, there's a huge potential for a long endurance event that I think she could do really well at. You know, she works with Chris Henshaw really closely. She's around Mayhem all year long. She trains at their capacity, their volume. And she's still growing too. So I think she's would be really intriguing to watch in her second season 
to see how she responds to the offseason curveballs that have been thrown at her and just, just see where she goes from there. So I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah, I know that you and I, we're not normal people. We uh, we stalk in a different kind of way, but I know that we both watch um, all the Mayhem videos, and mm-hmm. if you've watched any of them, she talks about how she's on a strict strength program right now. Yeah, uh, She is one of the youngest athletes, and at her age, she's only going to keep growing into her body, getting stronger. So I love that one. Anytime that you get to train with the three fittest people in the world every single day, hello, let's go. Hello. Yeah, that's, uh, so yeah, I I love that. Okay, so for mine, um, a male that probably most people have not heard of, Griffin Roel. So he's from Norway. He is known or better known as the CrossFit Thor. And I'm just going to stop there. You can pause this right now. Go on Instagram and look up the CrossFit Thor. First of all, physically, he literally looks like Thor. So, I mean, that's one thing. But he is head and shoulders above the strongest athlete in this field, bar none. Nobody will even get close to him. He touch and go 355 for a power clean and push jerk. Um. To put that into context, four guys made it to the 355-pound barbell last year in the top 10 for a squat clean, and then they did not put it above their head. It was a single. Yeah, Um, and if you actually look at the video, it was a ladder, so he worked up to 355 very quickly. It wasn't like, oh, I'm going to rest for five minutes and then hit this again. So that's already awesome. Secondly, if you go back to, I think it was Royce Dunn, I think he hit a 225, maybe a 235 strict press um, and was labeled the strongest CrossFit athlete back in 2018 when we did the CrossFit total. On quarantine, Griffin Rowell power cleans 245 and does a double strict press, like easily. So again, just some small things. He, he, he'll he be interesting from a few other things. I think he has the capacity to be a power power output athlete. So some of the shorter workouts, he isn't just a strength athlete. He has the capacity to do gymnastics. He has the capacity to hit some monostructural things. But from what I from what I gathered, I would I would suggest he probably has a weakness in the longer endurance events, which will just be interesting given the ranch and what we've seen there. My female athlete, she's my fave, Amanda Barnhart. My wife and I, we got we got some crushes on her. So we went and saw her in Nashville last year of the regionals, 2018, where she got third place. And what was interesting is this this regional, if you remember it, it was the most uh, one-sided type of, so like your first event, it was the triple three. So it was all conditioning, 300 double unders, 3,000 meter row, three mile run uh, on the true form. She got third place. So, I mean, to have that kind of capacity for just monostructural stuff, very impressive. She got eighth place on, uh, what was it, Lynn, I think, the bench mm-hmm. press, uh, squat clean, deadlift, 10 down to one, which eighth place, you would think, mm, not very good, but it's still a top 10 finish. And then there was one that was all gymnastics. I actually can't even remember. I think it was muscle ups. There was a handstand walk over and back through the obstacle and pistols. She is one of the taller, uh, larger female athletes. So again, you could argue those things. But what was great is that once it got into true CrossFit, couplets, triplets, things like that, she finished the weekend three first place. And I'm talking like 
a minute or more was the next second place finisher. And that's when I first was like, who is this chick? From there, you go on to what you've seen at the games the last two years, and she reminds me, which is ironic because they're training partners. They both are in comp train. She reminds me of Brooke Wells. And Brooke Wells has been that person, I think, for the last three or four years. Every year, you just think this is going to be her year. She has this. But she's always had some huge, huge holes. The interesting, the interesting thing about Amanda, she does not have a huge hole. She definitely has her weaknesses. But I think that she actually has less big weaknesses than Brooke. And if you go back to last year's games, she not only got seventh place, but she had a bum ankle that she could barely do anything on. And again, let's look at this. She was one of the larger athletes and it was argued that there was too much conditioning. There was too much, you know, Mm -hmm. this, you you heard that from Patrick Vellner. You heard that from Sarah and Annie and Brent, larger athletes who didn't make it. Amanda was by far the largest athlete (laughs) in those fields. And then she finally got to start doing the things that I think were her strengths but she had to do it on a bum ankle. Yeah. And nobody talks about her, and I think that she was easily going to make the podium last year. But she had to do all those five, six last events on a bum ankle. Yeah. You put anything on YouTube with Amanda Barnhart in it, I'm going to watch. Yeah. And she's a physical therapist too, so that's even really cool for me as well. But, yeah, I love her. She's awesome. Awesome. Well, for our next one, uh, just kind of of one-hitters, big hitters, biggest storylines for athletes – you want to kick us off with that? Yeah. So a big storyline for athletes is the return of Kara Saunders. Uh, this is her first games back since giving birth to her daughter in May of 2019. So she finished second place in 18, very closely behind Tia. That was an amazing battle. Uh, it was fun watching her on the documentary and, and even in person. That finish between her and Tia gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. That right. was such an amazing moment in the CrossFit Games. And then, and then she decides to have a child and, mm-hmm. and start a family, which, which is awesome, super amazing. And now she's back to training. She seems as good as ever as far as I'm concerned. So yeah. it'll be really fun to see what she's able to bring to the table after that. Agree. Uh, for me, you, you already touched on it, but Haley Adams, she got Rookie of the Games last year with a sixth-place six finish. So much to what you already talked about. From what I've seen, from what I've heard, she's definitely been working on the strength aspect. She's already top two, top three endurance athletes in in CrossFit. Uh, so we already know that she has the capacity to hit some, again, some home runs when it comes to those things. Has she kind of shored that that up? So I would say that that's the second one. Yeah. Sam Briggs, 38 years old. Give it still Man, I in love the top her. 30. She's so awesome. She's just the, the engine from England. She's, <laughs> I don't know how she keeps doing it. And she was injured there for a while too. She, she had to go to masters. I think she's had two surgeries 17. in the last three years. Yeah. So that's still, that's even more amazing, but she won Dubai this year, mm-hmm. didn't she? Yep. yep. So that's awesome. Love, love being able to see her just defy time, honestly, and still be a top contending athlete. Absolutely. So yep. that's cool. Uh, for the males, I'm going to just link them together. I think it's kind of those big names that you saw not make cuts last year. So I do. I think it's Brent Fikowski. I think it's Patrick Vellner. And I think it's Cole Sager. I think those guys were always making the top five. Uh, Specifically, Brent and Pat always basically made the podium too. And I think that this year, we've already talked about it. What's it going to look like with 30 athletes only? What's the point system going to look like? Is there, you know, for, for specifically... Brent, 
he had so many bad events last year that he just could not make them up. And he had some top 10 finishes, but he just had so many that kept pushing him back. He had no way of trying to, to catch back up. So I think like, again, it shouldn't have to be like this in order to prove that you're fit. But again, I do think that this year with 30 athletes only, it is going to play into their favor for sure. I hope that they, it's my hope that they keep the 30 athletes honestly all the way through the weekend because it's a small enough field. You might as well. It's three heats. Um, I could see Dave, you know, on the last day just saying, all right, we're only doing the top 10 and still doing cuts, which would be interesting. But who knows? We'll kind of see how things play out once he gets gets the ball rolling. Mm -hmm. So. Okay, so biggest storylines surrounding the CrossFit Games. Go ahead and give everyone our number one. Yeah, our number one, it may sound like it's an athlete, but it affects everything if she is not there, and that is Catherine David's daughter. As of right now, she does not have an invite. She is not going to the CrossFit Games in 2020. Now, I still think there's a great chance she will because, as you've already uh, stated, there was a drug sanction or, or there will be one for Elena Fisk. Uh, so far, anyone who's appealed has not won. So it's unfortunate, but I'm going to say that she's probably not going to win that appeal. So that, there's one. Uh, we already know about Annie. She decided to um, start parenthood as well. So she's pregnant. I think she's actually due August as well with, mm-hmm. with Becky and I. So that's super cool. I know we've been following her journey. Um, and then lastly... Basically, it comes down to, I know you said Andrea Nissler, and did you say Brooke Haas? Yeah, so so Nissler and Haas both have invitations on qualifying teams. Mm-hmm. So, give, meaning that they're qualifying teams for Rich's competition. Right. So, should they decide that they want to do that team competition, if one of them decides to do that, then I think Katrin is up the, next. Yep. And then if both decide, then Amanda gets Amanda Barnhart invite. gets the open invite, which gives Emily Rolf and I like Emily Rolf the the lot. invite from Wadapalooza. So there are a couple of things that could happen there, depending on that team competition. Right. the The next one that we did talk about was how's this point system going to play out? Because presumably there might not be any cuts. There, there still might be because we've seen it every year, but it might go down now to the last day where we will we'll see the normal top ten. But we're talking about 8, 10, 12 events where we could just see all 30 athletes doing that. And because of that, it just really makes things interesting. Again, last year I find it so funny that it's the first year where people are like, this is the year Matt can be beat because there's just so many athletes and there's more athletes to get in between him and potentially top 10 other athletes. And that's exactly what we saw. That's exactly what did happen. Before then, it was 40, 45 athletes, and he just – ran away with it before we even went to Sunday. Yeah, I think like first place in the first event, but he only had like a two-point spread between a couple of other people. So That's it was crazy. just like, wow. Yeah, so like this is this is going to be a year where good luck. Yeah. Like of all the years, this is actually going to be probably the hardest year to beat Matt Frazier. Now, I think it will lend its hand again, like we just said, to the Brent Fikowskis, the Pat Belners, and the Cole Sagers because, again, there's, no, there's not going to be other people keeping them from the top ten. But at best, you're just going to get your – you're going to tie for your best finish at the games. I don't think this is going to be the year that you knock out Matt Fraser. I think Matt Fraser will continue to win the CrossFit Games as long as he wants to. <laughs> that's probably true. That's, <laughs> that's probably just true. that's just how I see it. But yeah. What else do you have for storylines? Uh, well, we're the programming will have to be different 
just based off of the location, the equipment that's available, judging. Mm. Who knows if, you know, they'll be able to get enough. Because here's the thing. The ranch, yeah, it's a private property. But you got to find a way to get, you know, you're going to have 60 athletes. Then you need to get judges for each of the, the heats at least different judging than you'll need to get. I mean, I think they're going to have some media people there to try to capture some stuff. So it's going to be a tight ship, but just all of those different factors, it's, it's just something we're not used to putting on it for a whole weekend, maybe one or two events like they've done in the past, but it'll just be interesting to see how they, how they put all that together. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I like about this, this year is just the environment. And all, all I mean by that is think about if the individuals, I think the max they've ever done is four events in a day. But even then, if they're doing one at 8 a.m., noon, 4, and let's say 7 p.m., there's so much downtime between there. But but where do we go? We go to the age group. We go to the team. That You know, you fill that void. And now it's just you and your thoughts. It's There's no fans there. Your coaches don't get to travel with you. Your support system's not there with you. So now it's it's really the strongest-minded people. I, I think that we could aside from Matt and Tia, I think that we could see some some surprises this year because I don't think the most fit are necessarily going to win. I think the most mentally fit have that extra edge and that opportunity. And it's all about how do you train? Uh, we talk about, and I'm going to talk about this when I talk about mine, but you do have people who train in different ways. And all I mean by that is some people, they need to train by themselves so they can learn how to push themselves in those moments. Other people do really, really well with people around them. I know that that's something we're all finding out about ourselves in quarantine, right? Some of us are just so used to those people around us. Who pushes us? How are we pushed? Uh, how are we motivated? And so this one, obviously there will be people around you, but I think that this is going to be the one where people who actually train on their own, I think that they're going to be able to go to a place where maybe others are not. Mm-hmm. And it'll be really, really interesting to see. Yep, for sure. Okay, let's let's have some fun. Uh, let's uh, start talking about our picks for the podium. So top three male, top three female. Take it away. Okay. So my number one, Matt Fraser and Tia Claire Toomey. No way. And I and I really have no major explanations other than the fact that it's obvious. Do you need one? Yeah. You know, I mean they they're so good. They've unrivaled skill. They they both have amazing championship mindsets. They train together. They just to me, there's just – I don't think there's anyone right now that that can beat them. They're just too good. Sure. So We'll, we'll actually go back and forth, one and one, yeah. two and two. So mine is obviously Matt and Tia, too. And it's simple. It's like you said, until proven otherwise, why would I not? Why would I not choose them? You already mentioned they train together. I think people don't understand what we mean by this. It's It's not that you have a training partner. There's plenty of people out there that have a training partner. What I mean is you can be fooled into thinking how good you are. There's a lot of people. I I coach some of them. They think they're really, really good. And it's like, look, nothing against the athletes at our gym, but you've put in certain people on a pedestal and you've told yourself that they're better than they really are. And the closer you get to them or if you beat them, now you think you've reached it. You're like, okay, my training's going really well. I'm, I'm really, really good. Here's the thing. They're world-class champions. And so Matt every day can be like, Am I beating Tia? 
okay, I'm probably doing pretty good. Same thing for Tia. Am I beating Matt at things? Okay, I'm probably doing pretty good. And if they're trying to raise the bar every single day, it's just going to make them better and more untouchable. I agree. Enough said. <laughs> Enough said. All right, number two. My top guy for number two, Pettyville. The ghost from Canada. The ginger. <laughs> I love him. I love it. You know, he, he's shown in the past his capacity for winning when given an entire weekend. And I say that just because of the fact that he got cut last year. And maybe if he hadn't, he could have, you know, especially with some of the events, the last three events that we saw in the games last year, I think those are some that he would have done really well on and at least gained enough points to potentially get into third place. That's a great point. Um, but... So, you know, the cuts didn't favor him last year. Um, but out of the group of men that are competing this year, I think that he still is the one that can give Fraser a run for his money. Mm-hmm. He's he's really good. And yeah. my lady for second place, Sarah Sigmund's daughter. Okay. She's a powerhouse. She got cut at 19th place last year, but turns around and wins the Open, which she's no stranger to. You know, she has won the Open in 17 and 19 as well. And then her performances in Aromas aren't that bad either. So when they were in Aromas in 2016, the three events, she got 11th in the Ranch Trail Run, which was a 7K trail run. She tied for ninth in the Deadlift Ladder and then got fourth on the Ranch Mini Chipper. So arguably those three events, they tested the the three different types of domains of CrossFit. You got a, a long distance event, you got a brute strength event, and then you got a CrossFit workout. And she averaged pretty well in those, and I think that set her up for, for a good finish that year as Did well. Did she get second that year? I think or so. Or at least just podium. I know she got podium 16 was Katrin's second year, so I think she did get yeah. second place, yeah. No, 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 Tia got second place. I think she, she got, got third, third place. Yep. Yeah. So I think you know we might see types of workouts like that again, and those will probably be in her favor. Mm-hmm. I'll start with her. So she is my female second place as well. We talked about this with Brooke. Uh, Sarah has home run capabilities. And again, you don't want to be an athlete where that's all you rely on. But with that, how close are you to closing the, the other gaps? And the truth is, is she is good at everything. The problem that we've always heard about Sarah is her what's in between the ears. Mm-hmm. And I think that we saw that a lot the first few years. What I think has not necessarily been fair Based on us, I mean, it's Sarah's the one who's made these decisions, but people don't realize that she's lived in three different places in the last three years. One year she trained solely on her, on her own at Mayhem with Rich but didn't have a coach, and then the other two years she's had different coaches. She's never stuck with one. Now, you can blame her for that, and that's fine, but she's also had surgery, and the worst thing about her surgery was she thought it was one thing for, I believe it was five to six months, and then found out really late that it was something else. And so she didn't get that recovery time that she needed as quickly as she needed. So just like everyone else, I know the cuts were something that affected her last year too, but you could argue the exact same thing that you just argued with Patrick Vellner. If she had been given an opportunity, there was a lot of CrossFit after she got cut. There was a lot of just monostructural things like single single modality things I guess is what I'm trying to say beforehand and I think that she would have been a very exciting one to see my male Cole Sager and here's why it's a little bit biased I know you and I both we follow not programming wise but like we follow comp train chasing excellence Mm -hmm. Ben, and we listen to a lot of the things that he says and I am a little bit more biased towards his athletes specifically for this year 
just because I think through this quarantine, I'm not saying that other places aren't doing it, but I think that Ben plays such a huge role in his athletes during this time. Whereas I can just imagine this has been a very hard time for a lot of athletes to have someone like Ben in your corner who's talking to you every day during a weird time like this. I can only assume that that's going to help those athletes. You know, you have Katrin, Amanda, Brooke, Cole, those, those, those people. But what I like about Cole specifically about what Ben said is that the number one thing they've been working on is his, his unleash the beast. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what he called it, but basically Cole is that he's a former football player and he Ben talks about, it. he's been trying to get him to just let it out, let it go, you know, be a little bit careless. Cole is one of those, he holds back a little bit and you can tell. Um, and when you see him physically, you are like, I feel like you should be, <laughs> you should be able to, you know, so I, I'm really excited for Cole. Uh, I like what he's about to love his values. Um, definitely yeah. a fan, but I actually think capacity wise, he really does have the potential. If you also look and I didn't put the numbers and I should have, he is improved in the open every year. So I think that that's another good indicator Keeps that better. maybe he's getting better. better. <clears throat> exactly. Awesome. So, who's I your like third? That. Third place. I got Noah Olson making it back to the podium this year. Um, he's been doing really good in his off season. He's kind of riding that, that high, that wave of finishing should. second place mm-hmm. from last year. And that's something that I heard him talk about in podcasts following last year's games. Like for him, he's just, he's been, it's been a mental shift on his side of things. He's, he's really embracing all of the positive energy from all the, the good things that have happened to him. And he's just soaking it up and he's using that as, as fire for his training. He posted a, a 340 pound power clean PR like a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. but it was in his driveway. And I mean, this boy, when you, when you look at Noah Olson, he looks like someone just took a bunch of boulders and gorilla glued them together. I mean, this <laughs> guy is, he's so big yeah. and I mean, he's, he's got the fitness I think to, to get himself back on top. And that the only reason I put him in third instead of second is because of giving Patrick Vellner a little bit more time. Like you said, the full to make weekend. some differences. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I still think he's podium material. We'll, we'll get a chance to see that this year. So my third place, I originally had, and this was before I did my research thoroughly enough. I just assumed Katrin David's daughter was going to be in the games this year, and didn't read the table of qualifying athletes. So I had her at third place. Mm-hmm. My surprise pick, I have now moved up into the third place spot, and that's Carrie Pierce. She consistently gets better. She is, I think she's currently the fittest woman in America. So, and she's, you know, biceps for days, man. Mm-hmm. That girl, she's, she's strict and handstand push-up yeah. Mary last year in the games. Incredible. Like she's, she's really, really fit. So I think with the potential for the types of events that we might see in Aromas this year, I think she has the potential to move herself up into finally getting that podium spot i like that uh i went and it's just totally based on a hunch and a feel you and i have had side conversations aside from matt i i do think that if the games is programmed in a way that i think they're going to be programmed based on past ranch workouts i do think that we might be leaning towards the taller bigger athletes i just mean that from just a style of what the ranch is if, if, if you don't know what i'm talking about it's it's a grungy 
ranch with hills and i mean there's just like you said if we have less equipment than what we're used to we could see more odd object we could see more grit and grind and stuff like that so nothing against carrie and noah but again being shorter athletes i could see just literally mass wingspan those kinds of things playing playing a role so for me this is where patrick vellner comes in for me i i do think that he by all means has shown <laughs> consistency at the highest point other than last year technically because of the quick cuts but he is again our, our first place crossfit open winner um, he went on to i believe win at dubai which last year you could have argued that rogue and maybe wadapalooza were probably the three most competitive um and he won Dubai shortly after that. So I do think that he is on a great trajectory based on peaks and, and when he's having his off time. I think that everything has worked very well for him, even with this um, quarantine. And I do love what Michelle Latondra's doing. I do think that she's making her mark as a coach and as a programmer. Uh, she's also coaching Laura Horvath, who I'll talk about here in a second. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely have no reason to think that Patrick can't make the podium again. For my female, I might be wishing a little too much, but I love Sam Briggs. I think it would be an awesome, cool story. Her fitness is as good as it's ever been. She's still the engine. Again, maybe because I'm biased to what I think the programming might look like a little bit more this year. I do think that Sam might have a better opportunity if we see just slightly less skill, mm -hmm. slightly um, less heavy barbells. And if we get more down to fitness, which you, you would then argue, well, were, were the games really programmed correctly? But I'm just trying to say with the fairness to Dave Castro of what he's working with, if we tend to see a game that's more in the fitness realm, and by that I mean capacity, I think Sam could still wiggle her way into a top three finish. Yeah, so. for sure. Sam Briggs, classic. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> How could you go wrong? Okay, just real fun here. Surprise pick. You're one male, you're one female that you think could possibly make the podium, even though everybody's writing them off. Okay, so my surprise pick for males is Chandler Smith. Dude is... Um, 50% of the margarine men <laughs> spin off of the buttery bros with, uh, with Noah Olson. See, he, he's, he's just a funny dude. Yes. So I like his personality, but the dude is fit too. He is. He's a grunt too. And if we're looking at events from last year that seem to be aromas type events, he took second place in the opening event of the CrossFit games, his first CrossFit games, right. which arguably was a golden crossfit style workout and he did it with nine fingers with nine fingers that's true he <laughs> yeah. doesn't have fingers so military guy he's he's been in the military so he he knows what that type of training is like what type of pain to put himself in finished fourth in the ruck and that's something that he's comfortable with he's comfortable with doing those long distance sort of things he's strong he has a 615 deadlift dude's mm -hmm. just a powerhouse so i think he would be a really cool surprise pick for the games this year for the ladies i'm just gonna throw Kara saunders out there i it's more for me personally i think it would be really cool to see if she's able to have a child train come back to the games at a high level 
and manage to, and maybe not even necessarily get to the podium, but maybe even just get top five, which I think would still be really, really cool. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Male for me, Jacob Hepner. Again, he's my boy. He's my fellow Kansan. But I have to go back to what you said. I just think that living in Kansas, if you've ever seen the way he trains, uh, he does some crazy stuff that makes you drop your jaw. And it's mostly capacity work. But I do feel like he's been working on his strength. I feel like all those numbers are going up. He's a great gymnast. He's in the top three in almost anything that you want somebody to do. And then the longer capacity workouts he thrives in. So I do think that he has a great opportunity. I don't think sixth place last year was by any fluke. In fact, he's one of the few that I could argue had there been more athletes he could have caused more separation if you go back to some of his finishes. Yeah. So uh, I would say that. And then I think she made a huge splash into the scene. I think it was 2018, got a second place finish at the games. And then everybody's written her off and forgotten about her, but Laura Horvath. So second place her rookie year at the games. And then all of a sudden we start finding out that she can't do strict handstand pushups. She can't do deficit handstand pushups. And although I am... Definitely proponent to, if you have a weakness, you need to shore that up. I am just telling you, it's like her only weakness. So I really hope that it's something she's worked at. We didn't, we saw it in Rogue last year. She did not, apparently hadn't worked on it. Um, she hasn't had any injuries to my knowledge, but I just hope that that's something, especially with a coach who's a former gymnast and Michelle Latondra, I hope that there's a way that she's gotten better at that because for me, it makes me feel so bad for an athlete when they're going to do something and they literally can't get past and you just keep seeing them fail and fail and fail. Like we as CrossFitters, we're the people who want to cheer the last person on. There's nothing fun for an athlete who keeps failing something over and over. And I think that she's met that enough and, and felt that enough that I hope that that's just the, the light that she needed or the fire in the butt that she needed to, to get past that. But everything else, capacity-wise, strength-wise, she is at the top. And, uh, again, because of what we're seeing possibly at, at the at Aromas, I think that, again, things could really fall in, fall in line for her. And if she were to have a bad finish in a handstand push-up workout, there's only 30 women. It's true. So it might not knock her down as much. So I think she has a really good chance. Cool. All right, finishing things up. This is going to be quick. This is going to be fun. We're going to end on a, on a good note. Superlatives for our CrossFit Games athletes, male and female. Caden, you're going to kick us off. Who is your class clown? Jacob Hepner. <laughs> yeah. Recently, you know, in quarantine, he's been doing Fran, the fitness-related awesome news with the most amazing co-host, Winston the Corgi. Mm-hmm. He's just he's full of jokes. I think he's a perfect class clown. And then for ladies, I got... Tia Claire Toomey. I follow her on TikTok. She's always doing funny stuff with Shane, pranking on Matt Fraser every now and then. Just just a funny girl. I, th- I think she's an awesome class clown. Absolutely. So Jacob's mine as well. If you've ever seen him do any dances with his corgi uh, to <laughs> Celine Dion or anything like that, I, I know it was actually over a year ago, but he's in the middle of a workout doing ring muscle-ups and Celine comes on or no frozen frozen comes on and he just stops his workout stares at the camera goes and gets Winston and just starts dancing to the song I just I love him to death he makes me laugh awesome my second one is Danny Spiegel and it's more because of the group that she hangs out with her team do you remember what did they call themselves at Dubai 
It was um, something hilarious, and I can't remember. I should have looked this up before we we went on. Oh, it was something really funny. But it was remember. just really funny. I love her team. She hangs out with Alex Smith and, and all those guys, and they just have such a blast. She's always smiling, always laughing, always having a good time. So I feel like she's definitely the class clown of that group. Awesome. All right, next one, best accent. So I've got Con Porter as my male athlete, and then Jamie Simmons slash Jamie Green as my female athlete, both Aussies. I freaking love Australian accents. No offense to my uh, professor at school who's from New Zealand. I've got one, I got one from New Zealand and one from Australia. The one from New Zealand, just hers is different, but she always gets mistaken for Australian and she hates it. But sure. Australian accents, man. That's exactly what I did. I went Con Porter as well, and uh, I did change it up slightly. So I went with Cara Saunders, or also known as Cara Webb. Uh, same exact reasons. I love Australian accents. I love the um, the slang. Yeah. I think that's actually what gets me. I yeah. I hear other accents, and it's not that I do or don't like them. It's just I hear what Aussies say, and I'm like, what does that even mean? I know. Like, what did you mean there? I don't understand. <laughs> Side note, I follow this girl on TikTok who does frequent short episodes. She's Australian of five things Americans say that Aussies don't understand or something like that. She'll equate words, and I'm just like, why don't we talk like that? That would be so much more fun. I dig it. All right. Who's your friendliest? Cole Sager is my friendliest guy. And then Christy Aramo O'Connell is my friendliest gal. They are just sweet people. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a compliment, I feel like, to females. But like, I hope males take that as a compliment, too. Yeah. You know, like males can be sweet. Yeah. I like those. Mine, uh, mine's Saxon Panchik. In fact, I would put all three Panchik brothers here. Yeah. They are... Their parents literally deserve parents of the year. Yeah. They're the, literally the nicest people in the world. I am flabbergasted. Whenever I see them in an interview, I'm just like, what did your parents do that all other parents have failed at? <laughs> uh, Carrie Pierce. She is always smiling, always bubbly, always optimistic, uh, super friendly person. Yeah. And according to the Buttery Bros, she is single. So if any of all, go, all guys out there, there you go. All right. Best smile. So I kind of flipped on you a little bit. There. Yeah, we actually flipped completely. Well, I flipped completely with you. So I went Cole Sager, uh, best smile. And I went Christy Aramo Connell. Uh, love their smiles, genuine smiles. They're not overly big. Mm-hmm. I could also say best smiles, best teeth. Yeah. They have perfect white teeth. Yeah. Uh, so mad respect for that. <laughs> I got Saxon, Saxon Panchik yep. as my uh, best smile. He's He's got a just a big smile beaming with happiness. Just it's contagious. And then Amanda Barnhart, I can just, and hers is like, I really like her smile, but I also like her laugh. She's got one of those like goofy laughs that like, she cocks her head back. Yes. She's like, <laughs> and then when, when you hear it, you're just like, I don't know what you thought was funny, but I now think it's funny, even though I don't understand what's going on. So sure. I really like that. Next one. Biggest prankster. Biggest prankster. Male for me is Tim Paulson. So he's kind of with a group of guys. And actually, I see that you're going to name one of them. So him, Brent Fikowski, Pat Vellner. I know Travis Williams is in there. There's somebody else that I'm not thinking of, but they basically prank one another during the open. They make it like a competition, and whoever does mm-hmm. the worst, they have to go do something absolutely embarrassing and humiliating on Instagram. So I just have a feeling that's him probably year-round. Uh, my female, Tia Claire Toomey. Uh, who is it? Craig Ritchie. I saw Craig mm-hmm. Vi- Ritchie vlog. And he goes on to let Tia tell the story, but basically 
Tia is in the back of, I think it's Matt's truck. And Matt and Sammy are getting ready to come into the truck. And Tia scares the living crap out of them. What's funny is, instead of protecting Sammy, Matt jumps out of the car. (laughs) And it's just like, they give him such a hard time because he's like, you only cared about yourself. You didn't like, you know, protect Sammy. So anyway, I think Tia just being around all the guys. Yeah. She's just such like a tomboy. I think she's funny and pranks, pranks people. So, yeah, I put Brent Fikowski as my, as my guy. He had, there was a short documentary series on him on YouTube called all in with Brent Fikowski. This guy has jokes and you don't get to see it that often when you're, when he's in games mode, because he's so analytical and just on top of things when he's, when he's ready to go for the CrossFit games outside of it. This guy is a goof. He's a huge goof. It was it was actually pretty hilarious. He would drive up on the street and just like pull up to somebody on the street, roll the window down and be like, hey, do you know who Brent Fikowski is? And they'd be like, I have no idea. I, I don't know who he that. is. And now he just plays it off. About. It's so funny. And like you said, he's in that group with, with T-Rex. So he's, although his belly flop punishment from a couple of years ago, <laughs> subpar. It was not a good belly flop. I would have loved to see a bigger slack. Let's be honest. All these games athletes, they don't have bellies. They don't have bellies. Yeah. (laughs) And then uh, I got Brooke Wells on as my female biggest prankster. And more just from the the sense that I get she's a little bit, she's like a closeted goofy person. (laughs) I've been seeing her come out of that a little bit on on her TikTok by doing more, more of those videos. So I think she has the potential to be a surprise prankster. She's also an identical twin. Right. How can you not prank your identical twin? I'm sure right. you have a lot of stories with that. Yeah, That's a good pick. For sure. All right. Uh, most likely to cheer you up. We have we have the exact the same. Identical I'll let you go. Picks. I'll let you go, guy. I'll go guy. Go, go girl. ahead. Okay. So the guy that we both picked for most likely to cheer you up, Chandler Smith. My goodness. What what just a, a funny dude, lighthearted. He he's got jokes. It's literally just, not even laughing. It's just like a constant smile on your face yeah. when you're watching him do something. Yeah. Like Buttery Bros. If you have not checked this guy out, go check out the episode of Buttery Bros with him. I was just happy the whole time. Yeah. I want to be that guy's friend. <laughs> yeah. Actually, he's, him and him he kind of reminds me of um Abel a little bit. He does. Abel makes me Abel's kind of our own our own little Chandler. I mean, he definitely has bigger calves than Abel, but <laughs> Oh, oh sorry, Abel. No baby cows on that nope. boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's okay. Me too. Actually, him and Noah really are best friends. They like, are. Him and yep. Noah are very the margarine men. Yep. Uh, all right, our female Sarah, Sarah Sigmund's daughter. She has my heart in this way. So if you've ever found out, she's actually one of the few who has no athletic background. So she actually talks about how she was kind of an overweight kid, really liked food. She would make excuses to get out of gym and PE. Oh my gosh, that was me. Like, that's exactly what I did. And then she even says, she goes, I only got into CrossFit because I like to eat so much. And that's exactly why I got into CrossFit. So this is another reason why I don't care if five years down the road, she's never won the CrossFit games. I'll always want her to win because she really is one of the few people who has no background. She's just one of those normal kids. She didn't even start until high school and college to even get somewhat healthy. And then she's just like, Okay, I guess I'll do this and become one of the fittest people in the world. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What do we got next? Teacher's pet. All right. I got Patrick Vellner as my male teacher's pet. Dude just finished chiropractor school. He's obviously really smart. Um, 
So I think he, and now that I'm saying it, a thought's coming into my head. Okay. I picked him for teacher's pet because of that. But he's he's also been in this uh, sort of like online war with Dave Castro, sort of butting heads with him. So I don't Mm. know if that's something a teacher's pet would do. It's actually the opposite. That's the opposite of what a teacher's pet would do. So I might be rethinking my pick, but I'll stick with it for now. Sure, sure. Who's your female? And then my female is Carrie Pierce. She just exudes someone who you tell her what to do. She's going to do exactly that. She's not going to... You know, she's not going to slack off. She's just kind of to the point and does all of her work, does it to the best of her ability. So, by the way, teacher's pet is not necessarily a bad thing. Right. I think it's it a, gets a negative thing. It's not. Uh, that's exactly my male, Noah Olson. I feel like he is just a person who genuinely wants people to always like him. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is very easy to be around, I think. He's a super happy-go-lucky guy. Uh, But, yeah, he's definitely a a people pleaser, in my opinion. Uh, But not a negative thing. My female, so this was going to be Katrin, because she lives with Ben Bergeron. I mean, how much more of a teacher's pet could you be? Right. (laughs) Right? But we don't know that she's making the game, so I had to quickly switch. I'm going to go with the youngest female in on the female side, or actually tied, I guess, with Haley. Andrea Solberg, she is a rookie this year, and I can't help it. She's a medical student. So obviously overachieving. Uh, I don't need to say anything more. If you're yeah. a med student, you're, you're a teacher's pet. <laughs> <laughs> we all know you are. That's awesome. All right, next, best beard and or hair. Okay, for my guy, Justin Medeiros. This dude <laughs> has... One heck of a mullet. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's straight out of the 80s times 10. It's an awesome mullet. It's so good. Mad respect. He's, so I'm going to talk about him in my next, like one of my next, he's 20. No, he's the youngest 20. male and he's got the balls <laughs> to purposely have a, it's not just a mullet guys. Like go and look at this. It is a curled out mullet. Right. It is like old school mullet. Right. It's awesome. And he... He gives no apologies. No apologies whatsoever. It's awesome. My lady, Danny Spiegel, I'm a sucker for blondes, and her blonde hair is just luscious. It's it's beautiful. <laughs> Anytime I get one of my born primitive emails and she's on it, I'm like, that's that's an amazing set of hair you have there, Danny. Thank you. I too have a born primitive athlete. So my female is Amanda one? Barnhart. All right. Maybe that's why, because I feel like as they actually let their hair down, because maybe Maybe without knowing, it's product placement. Maybe without even knowing it, we just got these emails and we're like, what nice hair. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I said Amanda Barnhart. That's so crazy. My guy, okay, for all of you know, you know I'm obsessed with Brad Pitt. If you know me at all, I'm a Brad Pitt fan. And more importantly, Troy. I still don't think there's ever been a more beautiful male in the world than Troy when he played Achilles. Go check out Tyler Christoffel and tell me he is not a model. Like, he literally <laughs> looks like Brad Pitt from Troy. He has the most gorgeous, beautiful hair I, I've ever seen. I will I will second that. I saw a picture. Homo or good. no homo. I'm not even going to say it. Like, he is a beautiful man. Yeah. Beautiful man. All right. Um, <laughs> I don't think we found very good proof on this. Uh, I think all of our stuff is based on speculation. Pure speculation. But we will do our best. Best dancer who do you got travis mayer this is your chance bro if you listen to this i you need to post like a tiktok video or something of you dancing and prove me right so why why did you say him based on his instagram pics so i went and looked at his instagram and there were multiple pictures of him doing like partner yoga and to me that just shows balance 
coordination. And should he apply himself, I believe that the moves are there. And so then for my for my lady, I've got Beth, Bethany Shadburn. And um, really, I don't even know where this came from. She does a lot of core exercises and a lot of like extra balanced training things on the side that she posts about. And so probably for the same reason, I would assume that she's able to to use that balance and coordination to, to pull off some good dance moves. And she's got a cool dog that I'm sure she could do some dancing with just like Winston and Jacob. So nice. those are my picks. All right. Yeah. So for me, not a lot of proof just from the few things I saw. So I went with Pete Shaw. Uh, I believe he's a Canadian. I was checking it out though. And he, I mean, legitimately Tony Hawk skateboard skills. Like That's awesome. he really is a great skateboarder. And so just for the mere fact of like the choreography that almost skateboarding has to it, as well as all the general physical skills that you just named, I have no doubt that he could probably be, if not already is, a really good dancer. Uh, You've already alluded to it in the past. Brooke Wells, she has so many TikTok videos with her dancing, so they're okay. I would actually have thrown Tia in here, but I've already used her. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to go, Brooke is the only one that I've truly found proof of that actually has some type of dancing, dancing. ability. Yeah. Yep. All right. We've got two left. Uh, second to last, we've got most gullible. Okay. So I'll start with my lady, okay. Haley Adams. She's young. She's impressionable. I think anyone could tell her anything. And this is really based off of like the interviews that I've seen and the behind the scenes, uh, footage of her with mayhem and everything. She's just someone I think if you if you told her, you know, a ladybug was drinking water out of the faucet, she'd be like, no way. Cool. Where's that at? Because <laughs> she's just the, that's the type of personality that I get off of her. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It means that she's coachable um, for my guy. I'm going to put Tim Paulson just because he was gullible enough to fall for that first workout <laughs> in 2019 games. <laughs> Please explain to people. They have no idea what you're talking about. So what was it like? How many athletes were there with the guys? I mean, they did every athlete, yes. Yeah, they did all of them. And he finished outside the top 75. Yeah. So obviously doesn't do a A former former games athlete. Former games athlete. Who you would have just assumed makes the top 40 or something. And And his T-Rex arms got the best of him. Yep. He fell for that first workout. That's too bad. No, no offense, no, T-Rex Paulson. You're fun. a great athlete. but He's, he's back. He's back he at the back. games. He can redeem himself. Yeah. All right, mine is uh, your mullet, mullet guy, Justin Medeiros. Justin he Medeiros. is the youngest. He is a very fun guy from what I saw at the fil- filthy, fi- uh, filthy 150. But I would just say with how young he is and <laughs> almost the same reason, impressionable, <laughs> I'm sure he's pretty gullible. Um, my female is easy. It's Haley Adams. Without saying all the things you just said, I'll just put it this way. When I watch Mayhem videos, I just, I laugh so hard when they kind of tease Haley because she's just so easy to tease. She is the youngest, like you said, impressionable. I would just say this to anybody out there. If you're that person in your group who's like, man, nobody likes me. They all tease me. Trust me. It is a huge compliment. Like you are probably the most fun person in their eyes. Yeah. All right. Our last one. uh, And neither of us have any... Any uh, understanding of this one, I would say, right. but who has the best ink? All right, for the game, my guy Matt Fraser, mm. dude, just keeps keeps getting more tattoos. I thought, I think the sleeve that he has, I think it's on his right arm, is actually a, a pretty cool artistic design. 
And uh, he's always been known as, as, a, as a rather burly man, lots of chest hair, not really clean shaven, until he decides to shave it all off and place a, what is it, a steer skull on, yeah. his, on his chest, a massive piece of artwork on his chest. I mean, it's amazing. It's super cool. So if you guys don't follow Matt Fraser, you should, and go look at his artwork. He's, he's the awesome. fittest man on earth. How do you not follow right. Matt Fraser? I don't even know why you're listening to this podcast if you don't know <laughs> Matt Fraser. It's Matt Fraser. <laughs> All right. And then my lady, I got Danielle Brandon. She's a rather new athlete. I think last year was her, her first time at the games. Um, she's got some pretty cool artwork on, on her arms and I think maybe even on her legs too. Um, I'm trying to think of any – and these are basically the – I don't think we prefaced this at first. These are only athletes that are in the games this year. Correct. So there are plenty of other athletes out there that I think have awesome tattoos that I would have liked to pick, but I went with Daniel Brandon for this one. Yeah, that's very good. Uh, my female, Bethany Shadburn, you talked about her previously. She was actually a top 10 athlete last year at the games as well. So uh, I believe it's her left arm, full sleeve. I don't think she has it anywhere else, but it is it is definitely some nice, nice ink work. Uh, and then I believe another rookie this year made it out of CrossFit and, or uh, Strength and Depth. Uh, David Sharunky, he is full of tats. He he really is number one in my my book. So you should go check him out if you're into into some ink work and stuff like that, or if you're just looking for some ideas yourself. Yeah. But all right, Caden, that that concludes this one. Just kind of a fun uh, conversation, a little bit of information on the CrossFit Games, but really just our thoughts. Uh, the way that we view things and then just a little bit of fun at the end. So yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks guys for listening to this episode. Please, if, if you can, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes and go follow us on Instagram and uh, we'll catch you guys in the next one. To hear more from us and stay up to date on upcoming episodes, be sure to catch us on Instagram at DVPMT project. We'll catch you later. everyone.